money, deals, tribal knowledge, resources, training, coaching, partnering. We are Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. My name is Shanoa Grove. Welcome to the show. Welcome everybody to the Texas uh, RIAs. Uh, for those of you that just got here, this is the largest by far network of real estate investor associations in the great state of Texas with chapters in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Since 2003, we've had over 100,000 members, participants, and attendees sit in the same chairs you're sitting in. And we have lots and lots of investors all over Texas doing all kinds of things, residential, commercial, active, uh, passive, et cetera. And uh, we provide resources to the community, to people interested in real estate investing. Great time and place to find money. Uh, we offer free training to the community, uh, have power teams, resources, investors. Uh, we just put lots of people together in big networks and they do stuff uh, with each other in ways to, to make money. And one of the resources uh, that we offer to the community is we provide market information, including uh, market updates. And that's going to be the first topic for tonight's presentation. I'm going to do a market update of what's going on in the Texas real estate market. So in general, uh, what's the big story with real estate? Interest rates, interest rates, interest rates, they have changed. So what do you think? Are, are interest rates high or interest rates low? What do you think? High? Who thinks interest rates are high? Raise your hand if you think interest rates are high. Who thinks interest rates are low? Okay, yeah. Mostly high here. Well, in 1981, do you know what interest rates were on mortgages? 18%. Close. 18%. If you've been investing since 1981 and you looked at this market, you'd say, wow, interest rates are really cheap. Now, if you were investing four years ago, three years ago, two years ago, and you're looking at the interest rates, you're thinking, wow, interest rates are high. It's just perspective. Now, I started investing in real estate in 2003, and I have tell, I tell you, I've, I've been buying and, and I have a big portfolio of rental properties. Most of my rental properties I bought 20 years ago have six and a half, seven and a half percent mortgages. That's just normal. My perspective as a full cycle investor is that interest rates are normal. This is normal. Four, five, three percent mortgage interest rates. That's that's not normal, folks. That's freakishly like once in three lifetimes abnormal. I seriously doubt. And who knows, right? Nobody knows what the future will hold. But I think there's a very high probability you will never see that again in the rest of your life and in your children's life. Okay, that was just, you've never seen it before. Not in my lifetime, I, I, I'm, I go back 50 years and you've never seen anything like that before. So we had a brief period of freakishly, strangely, once in three generation, weirdly low interest rates. Now, who knows what's gonna happen? I don't know. I mean, nobody knows what's gonna happen in the future. But, uh, you know, printing money and deficits and inflation go with higher interest rates, not lower interest rates now. Maybe our government will get fiscally responsible. Uh, who thinks that's going to happen? Bueller? Bueller? Yeah I, yeah, I don't know. Could happen. Anything could happen. Anything's possible. Uh, and we don't know. We don't know. 
but um, it's perspective. It's perspective. Uh, my perspective is interest rates are normal. And I'm actually kind of glad they're normal. It's, it's, it's you know, when, when, when things are abnormal, we've had an abnormal market uh, for the last few years. And when things are really abnormal, you know, it's, in my opinion, it's dangerous to invest in an abnormal market. There's just things that are like abnormal, right? It's like, you know, and, and you know, some of you were talking about commercial investing. Man, I think if you got into commercial investing three years ago, you're probably sorry. If you're getting investing in commercial right now, I think it's the perfect time to get started right now, right? And, and because we're, we're in a normal market, normal interest rates, normal buyer sellers, you know, things are very normal right now, and, and I like that. Uh, but, you know, interest rates have certainly changed, no question about it. And when interest rates go up, what happens to home prices? They go down? They're supposed to go down. Who thinks when interest rates go up, home prices go down? Who thinks they go down? Okay, who thinks when interest rates go up, uh, home prices go up? Who thinks they go up? Okay, nobody's voting here, so let's <laughs> get a little you know, audience participation here. Who thinks interest rates up make house prices go up? Who thinks interest rates uh, up make house prices go down? Well, we got about 50-50. Um, I would say it does that. It does both. You're both right. You're all right. When interest rates go up, it has both upward and downward pressure on real estate. Um, there's things that push it up, there's things that push it down. I mean, here's the thing about real estate that's more important than anything else. Real estate doesn't really care about interest rates. Real estate doesn't really care about the economy. Real estate cares about supply and demand. It's all about supply and demand. Now, in as much as the economy or interest rates affect supply and demand, yeah, that may affect uh, real estate prices. But it's the purest market there is, supply and demand. So, um, you know, like in 2008, what happened in 2008, right? 2002, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, we had subprime lending. Remember that? If you wanted a loan, you went into a bank, they held a mirror under your nose. If they saw fog, you got a loan, right? That was the loan application process back in 2005. And we just built houses as far as I could see. I mean, we never had so many houses, new houses built than, than, than in those years before 2008. And so we just, we built bazillions of houses and we got them all sold. And the way we sold them all is we gave anybody a loan. Man, if you walked into the bank, you could fog a mirror, you got a loan. So we built bazillions of houses and we gave everybody money, whether they had job credit income or whatever. And we sold all those bazillions of houses. And then in 2008, what happened? The banks went bankrupt. You know, the government actually changed the definition of bankruptcy in 2008, all that mark to market stuff. By any real definition, the banks went bankrupt. They stopped lending. Lending just, boom, just hit a wall, right? It didn't slow down, it just, boom, hit a wall, right? So all of a sudden, you had all this supply and demand just hit a wall. And then what happened to real estate? Crashed, right? Crashed. Now, let's take a look at where we are now. Now, money got cheap. Interest rates got cheap, right? Freakishly cheap. But it never got easy. It got cheap, but it didn't get easy. Because after the banks learned their hard lessons, right, when the crash happened, uh, it never got easy to borrow money again. Now, if you want to get a loan these days, what do you have to do to get a loan? Turn over your firstborn, fill out a 1,900-page application, submit blood samples. There's a lot, right, you got to do. And, and, and it's a lot harder to borrow money, right? Even though the money got cheap, it still never got easy. 
so yeah, we're building more houses, right? Um, but uh, because it never got easy, we're actually not building enough houses. In fact, on a national basis, we are in the middle of a housing shortage. Who's heard that, that we're in the housing shortage? Yeah. Uh, nationally, they say we have about a six million house deficit. We need about six million more houses that are available to, 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 to buy new, new houses than, than, the, than the market demands. Uh, and when you have a shortage, when you have a housing shortage, what, what does that do to prices? Pushes them up, right? There's, there's, there's not enough supply, right? That, that pushes prices up. But at the same time, interest rates went up. And when interest rates went up, right, their houses are not as affordable. So instead of this many people that can afford to pay a mortgage, now there's only this many people that can afford to pay a mortgage, right? So the demand has gone down, right? So we got this pushing prices up and we got this pushing prices down. And then when you put all that stuff in a blender and push the button and see what the real, what, what is the result? The result is the market is flat. And it is flat as a pancake. It's barely gone up, it's barely gone down. Uh, and that's where we are today. And we'll dive into some details in the different cities. But if you look at uh, Texas, uh, the, the, the average price home in Texas is actually up a little bit, 2%, 1.8%, actually up a little. Uh, the year-to-date the price, this is year-over-year year date, year-to-date price is down 0.2%. So it's flat. It's about as flat as it could be. Now, the volume is down. What is the volume? The number of houses, the number of buyers and number of sellers is, is down. That's true. So there's less buyers and sellers, but prices are flat as a pancake. Uh, and they're really not going anywhere. And we'll talk about that. Uh, and by the way, um, I'm not with the National Association of Realtors. I'm not standing up here with some kind of a motivation of trying to persuade you the market's going up or down. I don't, I don't care. I mean, I do care, but I mean, uh, we're not selling anything or, invest or, or offering a subscription or investment opportunity. Or we're not trying to do something that we would want you to think the market is going up or the market is going down. We have strategies that make money in up markets. We got strategies that make money in down markets. So I, I love them all. Frankly, I like the down markets a little better than the up markets because sometimes it's easy to buy and hard to sell. Sometimes it's easy to sell and hard to buy. It's never easy to buy and easy to sell. But I like it when it's a little easier to buy, right? When, when the market's kind of softening or going down. And, and I prefer that. It speeds up the velocity of money uh, as a real estate investor. But right now, the market is flat, uh, pretty much as flat as a pancake. Now, the mix has changed. Let's talk about the mix. Normally, when it comes to houses, usually two-thirds of the houses that you see for sale are resale houses. And about a third of the houses you see for sale are new construction. But right now, it's the opposite. The mix has switched. Two-thirds of the houses that are selling are new construction, and only a third are resale. Why? Because everybody that has a house probably got it refinanced in the last several years at two, three, four, five percent. And they know that if they sell their house and buy a new house, they're going to get a mortgage at seven or whatever percent. So nobody wants to sell. And because nobody wants to sell, there's a tremendous amount of supply being held off the market, right? Which is another one of those upward forces. Not enough supply for the demand that pushes prices up. Uh, now, the other thing that's happening 
because money is getting harder and more expensive to get. And because money is getting harder and more expensive, all the builders who've been building all those houses, building is slowing down, right? And, and at some point, we're going to run out of inventory, right? Two-thirds of the houses being sold are new construction, but if you're not doing any new new construction, eventually you're going to sell all the new construction, so there's not going to be any new construction being put on the market. There's not going to be any resale houses being put on the market. And then what happens? And then you have more demand than there is supply, right? And that's another thing that can push prices up. So these are all things that are going on in the mix. Now, each city is a little bit different, so we'll also walk through the cities, but I'll start with kind of the statewide uh, numbers. The average price house in the state of Texas is uh, 411,000. Uh, it's actually up a little bit, 1.8%, which is kind of interesting. Uh, the median price home, uh, is 333. It's down a little bit, down 0.6. Now, this is the number I always think is like one of the most important numbers. This is the one I look at, months of inventory. What is months of inventory? There's a couple of ways to think about that number. But one way to think about it is that if we just stopped adding any new houses to the market, okay, we're not going to put any more houses for sale. Whatever's for sale, we'll sell that, and then nothing more is going to get added. How long would it last? And that's months of inventory. And, and, and right now, we have 3.8 months of inventory. If we just stopped adding any new houses for sale in 3.8 months, every house would be gone. There'd be nothing left to buy. Um, now, to put that into perspective, let's put it in perspective. They say if there's less than six months of inventory, you have a seller's market. If there's more than six months of inventory, you have a buyer's market. If there's somewhere around six months of inventory, you would have a neutral market. We still have a pretty good seller's market. Now, it's not as strong as it was a year ago. By any means, last year is 2.9 months of inventory, so an even stronger seller's market. But by any measure, you still have a pretty good seller's market. So we're not in a buyer's market. We're actually in a seller's market. Now, average days on market has gone up a little bit, but not a whole lot. It takes a little longer to sell a house. Months of inventory is also the average amount of time it takes to sell a house, so it has gone up. Total listings, there's more houses available than there was before. That's why you have more inventory. I'm sorry, more months of inventory, because right now there's 100,000 uh, houses for sale, 103, versus last year you had uh, 92,000 uh, houses for sale. Uh, pending sales, it's changed, but not much, right? It's actually pretty similar to what it was a year ago. Now, going back three years, again, perspective. 2021, the average price house in the state of Texas went up 18% in one year. We had a big, big year in 2021. 2022 went up another 10, 10.7, almost another 11%. And 2023, year to date, down 0.2%. So, you know, perspective. If you bought a house three years ago, your, your house is worth 30% more than it was two years ago, two or three years ago. Good for you, right? You're a lot richer than you were before. If you bought a house a year ago, you haven't really made any money, right? You haven't made any money, or at least not yet. Um, so it's just, it's just perspective. Now, uh, close to ask, that's an interesting number. Um, right now, uh, the, the average house is selling for 94, 95% of the asking price. They usually ask a little more than maybe it's worth or maybe even appraised for, and it's selling for a little less than that. Now, in the hot, hot market, the, the close to ask was closer to 100%, or even <laughs> there were a few months where it was even higher. Okay. Uh, let's dive into some of the different cities, starting with Dallas-Fort Worth. The average price house in Dallas-Fort Worth, 487. 
up 3%. Now, let me tell you something about Dallas. Dallas is very interesting. I don't know why this is. I have no idea why this is. But Dallas has always been, we've been tracking this for 20 years, Dallas has always been the bellwether of Texas. I have no idea why. But if you want to know what's going to happen in Houston, San Antonio, and Austin, you look at Dallas. I don't know why, but it's always been several months ahead of all the other markets. And again, I have no idea why. Some mix of something. Uh, and uh, Dallas has taken a little turn um, in the, the upward direction. We'll talk about that with the month's inventory too. Medium price down a little bit, 1%, 3, uh, 398. Uh, months of inventory, it's doing better than the state. Uh, three months of inventory, pretty strong market in Dallas. Now, the rest of the state, I mean, last year is 2.5, so it's not as strong as it was, but it's still pretty strong. Active listings is up, but it's only up 7%, right? So not uh, a lot of, of, of change there. Now, going back three years, 2021, Dallas went up 20% in one year. In one year, 20%. 2022 went up another 15%. And then 2023, flat, flat. So depending on your perspective, right? You bought a house three years ago in Dallas, you're doing really well, right? If you bought it in the last year, you haven't made any money, uh, at least not yet. Now, leases are up a little bit. That's a little bullet worth uh, looking at here um, because houses are a little less affordable. Uh, you know, more people are renting instead of buying because that's all they can maybe afford to do. Uh, lease prices, uh, a lot of inventories come on the market uh, in, uh, in multifamily. Uh, but despite all that inventory and the market being softer, lease prices are still up about 1%. They haven't been getting the big raises they were for the last few years, but they're still up actually, which is way better than uh, down if you own a multifamily. Um, Houston, here we are in the great state of Houston. Houston's, a, I think, second most affordable major city in Texas. Uh, average price 404, uh, up a little, 0.4, pretty good. Median price, uh, 327 down, 1%. Uh, months of inventory looks more like the state, 3.6. Still decent, pretty decent seller's market. Not as good as it was uh, a year ago, but this is actually trending lower, interestingly enough. Uh, active listings is up uh, a little bit. Houston, 2021 is up 16% in one year. 2022, up another 10%. 2023, it is flat. Uh, okay, and uh, new listings uh, is uh, up, more listings, more people le leasing versus uh, uh, buying. Uh, lease prices are up, not as much supply came onto the market in uh, Houston, so prices are up higher. And some people are saying, you know, is the market soft? Is the market dead? Is the market dying? <laughs> no, we're in a seller's market and prices are going up uh, on the rental side. Uh, there are a little more inventory though available on the market, just like with the residential. Uh, Austin, let us talk about Austin, Texas. The average price, this is not a typographical error, of a house in Austin, Texas is 500 and, what is that, $59,000. That is not a typographical error. And we did a little research uh, to try to understand this better. Like, where did this come from? Where did Austin come from? And it turns out the, the, the name Austin is actually Latin for San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> Elon Musk, you got it. Uh, Silicon Hills is the new name for Austin. And uh, Elon Musk uh, moved to Tesla and a whole bunch of people followed him uh, in all kinds of high-tech industries. High-tech engineers tend to make six-figure incomes. 
So people were moving into Austin like crazy uh, over the last several years. In fact, in 2021, sales prices in Austin in one year went up to 29%, almost 30% in a single year. And I was there because most of my rental properties are in Austin, Texas. And I got to tell you, 2021 was the craziest market I have ever seen because there were months in Austin, there were months of the market where there was 0.4 months of inventory, 0.4 months of inventory. We literally had less than two weeks of inventory. It was crazy. Somebody would put a house on the market in Austin, they'd get 11 offers in a day. And 10 of the people were said, no thank you, and one got the deal. And so the 10 guys that didn't get the deal, they'd make an offer on another property, and they'd get 11 offers in a day. And one of them was the winner, and 10 of them were the losers. So after losing two or three deals in a row, <clears throat> what the buyers started doing is screaming at the realtors, what are you gonna do to buy a house? I'm moving here, I need a place to live. Just give them whatever they want. And literally, people were buying houses for 10% above the asking price, right? And that's why you saw that kind of crazy one-year run-up. Uh, and the houses weren't even appraising. And if a house does not appraise for the sales price, you have to bring extra money to the table when you close because the lender will only loan down payment and loan up to the appraised value, right? So the houses were selling above appraised value for frankly more than they were worth. And because of all of that, uh, you know, the market went crazy and went up almost 30% in a single year. The next year, a little better, only up 10%. And then in 2023, Austin is the one market that's had a correction. Uh, sales prices are down 9%. Now, to put this in perspective, if you invested in real estate in Austin three years ago, you made the exact same amount of money as if you did in Dallas or Houston, right? It, it, but in Austin, it, it, it went up 40 and came down 10, right? In the other cities, it just went up 30. What's the difference, right? If it went up 40 and came down 10 or, or, or just went up 30, it's the same either way, depending obviously on when you got in, right? If you got into uh, Austin the last year, you lost a little money. If you got in three years ago, you made a lot of money. Uh, and that's perspective. Months of inventory looks kind of like Texas, uh, 3.9. Now I will say the other thing that happened in Austin is when prices went crazy, everybody started building everything they possibly could uh, both single family and multifamily. So a lot of supply got dumped onto the market that's finally starting to slow down, but that uh, uh, yielded uh, a correction. And Austin is the only major city where you saw a correction. But again, depending on where you got in and where you got out, that would kind of determine your, your correction. Uh, active versus uh, pending is actually leveled off, right? So there used to be a lot more active uh, you know, new versus a year ago. Now it's about the same, a little higher, but not a whole lot. Close sales up, uh, actually up uh, versus a year ago. So that's, that's a turn uh, in the market uh, here in Austin. Um, and then finally, uh, San Antonio. San Antonio is the most affordable major city in Texas. 379 average uh, price house in San Antonio, flat. And the median house uh, price, 319, is also flat. Uh, a little more inventory in San Antonio, 4.4 months. Uh, close sales is actually down a little bit. Uh, San Antonio is the most affordable market. Didn't get the biggest run up. 16% uh, in 2021, 12% more in 2022. And 2023, it's basically flatter, uh, technically down 
uh, 1%. And, and, and lease prices are actually down 1%, so that's San Antonio. But pretty much all of that is pretty much flat, depending on your perspective. So what's going to happen next? Nobody knows. And if somebody tells you, like the, the National Association of Realtors, they always tell you, no matter what's going on in the market, what are they, what's going to happen next year? It's going to go up every year. I mean, it's like for, for 100 years, no matter what's going on in the market. So what do we think is going to happen to the market? I have no idea. You know, and if somebody tells you, here's what's going to happen, you know, they're, they're saying, okay, I have a magical crystal ball that can tell the future. Um, our best guess about what's going to happen is nothing's going to happen. Uh, I don't really expect prices to go up much or to go down much. Uh, I don't really see anything happening. Now, there, you know, all bets are off, right? A war, a nuclear bomb, you know, another pandemic. I mean, who knows, right? I mean, you know, barring some unpredictable uh, thing, uh, there's really not anything likely to happen. I will say, if I'm really going to bet, I'm going to bet interest rates will probably start coming down a little bit. That's what most people would say. We probably have peaked on the interest rates. The Fed has kind of slowed down raising the rates. They might go one more, but probably not, right? We're probably going to get this mysterious soft landing that everybody talks about, and this may be the first time we actually get one. Uh, and most of the smart money would say interest rates are probably going to go down a little bit, but I wouldn't expect them to go down a lot. I would expect them to go down just a little bit. Now, if interest rates go down, what happens to home prices? More demand, right? And the same time, we have slowed down building. And that inventory of, which is two thirds of the inventory of new construction is starting to slow down, right? We're not building as much. We're still building a lot, but not as much. And people keep having babies and keep moving to Texas. So if you look at all of those factors, barring some other factor, that's probably gonna push prices up a little bit in, in, in the next year. But I wouldn't say, I wouldn't expect them to be up a whole lot. So any questions or comments on any of this? Was this helpful, folks? Yeah? Any uh, questions on this? Go ahead. So uh, all of this data is public. Uh, a lot of this we pull from uh, the Texas A&M School of Real Estate, so it's a great online resource. But I'll also say an even better resource is just follow Texas RIAs on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, because we also publish all of these slides on our social media. So if you just follow our social media, you can see all this stuff anytime you want. Um, so yeah, and you know, um, just checking in from time to time, we have these nice little slides that are pretty infographic friendly, so you can get a pretty good snapshot at any time by just kind of checking on the website and seeing where things are. Yeah, yeah I mean, prices went up, 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 they came down, and then they kind of leveled off. I think this is just where we are for a while. I think Austin went like that, all the other markets went like that but they're both up 30% in three years. So, you know, it's just how the curve shaped. People are not buying houses for 10% more than they're worth. Now there's plenty of inventory available in Austin, but not a lot. I mean, it's still a seller's market, even in Austin. So, question. I, I held. So, I have never tried to time a market. Um, I don't think I'm smart enough. I don't believe anybody's smart enough. Um, Honestly, most of my portfolio I've owned for 20 years. I just buy, 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 buy. My rental properties don't generate a whole lot of cash flow. Anybody tells you that uh, rental properties generate lots of cash flow, I think that's a lie, or at least an exaggeration. You know, anytime you own rental property, I own a lot of, I, I got about a $30 million portfolio. And when somebody tells me they're getting all this cash flow, I'm always like, yeah, tell me about your cash flow. Because like, even if you're getting $500 a month, 
right? Uh, which is like, you know, if you have any kind of loan, unless you're buying for cash, right? Um, what happens, right? You know, you're making money, making money, making money, boom, new roof, $8,000. You just wiped out a year's worth of cash flow. And then you get ahead again, making money, making money, making money, boom, new air conditioner, $9,500, right? And then you catch up, you're making money, making money, boom, make ready, right? Another, another $8,500, right? And so that's, it's just the real, after depreciation, property management, make, make readies, maintenance, I mean, it's, it's, you, there's not a tremendous amount of cash. Well, there's some, I mean, I'm not, not, not saying there's none, but the beauty, in my opinion, of rental properties is, is just the, 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 the wealth, right? So, because like I now own $30 million worth of houses, the total loan, the total debt on my portfolio is like less than 5 million bucks. Uh, why? Because over 20 years, the property doubled and they doubled again. Some of them doubled a third time, okay? While the tenants paid off the mortgages. And I just let them ride. I do other things to make money. So I don't really rely on the rental portfolio to make me money, but it's made me wealthy. If I ever wanted to retire, and I don't have a plan to retire, but if I ever want to retire, it's not going to be from cash flow. It's going to be selling properties, right? Because you can sit on a beach and drink a lot of margaritas for a long time with, with $25 million of, of equity. Uh, so to me, rental properties is a wealth building strategy. It's a nest egg. It's, it could be a retirement plan if you want to retire. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next uh, session. Uh, I do have a special announcement. So we interrupt this program for a special announcement. Um, yeah, the, the RIA provides all kinds of resources for its members. We have people that do commercial, residential, active, passive. Uh, we provide market updates. We also provide training. We do free training for the community. So if you'd like to get some training, we do both residential and commercial. We have some workshops coming up. I teach these usually myself, this particular series I'm teaching myself, practical, actionable, detailed, step-by-step -step training. We call this Texans, teaching Texans how to invest in Texas using strategies that work here. We teach all of the strategies that are legal in Texas. There's things you can do in Texas you can't do anywhere else. Even more importantly, there are things that are legal in 49 states that are not legal in Texas, and you better know what those things are. We teach all the marketing strategies, the closes, which are the exact scripts, you, words you say to get somebody to accept your offer on their property, your solution to their property. Uh, we have partnering, great way to get started. If you're just getting started, partner with somebody who's done it before, split the profits, leverage their money, team, experience, resources, great way to get started. Uh, and uh, access to uh, funding for deals. We have over a thousand private money lenders in this network, private money is faster, cheaper, better uh, than hard money or any other kind of money. And the reason I mention this is because we have a little tour coming up in Austin, Dallas, Houston, and you are more than welcome to join us. Uh, we do these workshops live and in person. I highly recommend that. We also broadcast uh, online, so you can also attend on Zoom, or you can even do a hybrid uh, of the two. Uh, whatever is the best for you. So pick the date and location that works best for you and come get the Texas Real Estate Investing Workshop. I'll tell you more about this later, but uh, we have a little starter kit. You can click on that QR code, texasstarterkit.com, and uh, you can register for the workshop. There's also training and a whole bunch of other goodies. For you guys online, we're broadcasting online. There's a click in the, uh, uh, on the uh, link that is in the comments uh, below the video. Texas's largest real estate investor association at texasstarterkit.com. If you like today's episode, please subscribe, comment, 
share with other investors, or join us directly at texasstarterkit.com.